Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 11. Dana. Dana had four beautiful eyes. She wore glasses, but her eyes were so beautiful that the glasses only made her prettier. I'm going to stop right there. I know this is a children's book, but that's why I feel about my wife. Like, her eyes are just so... So my wife's eyes are so just pure. And, and just... I don't, I don't know. I can't even, I can't even, I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest. I'm, I almost want to say animated, but that's not what I'm thinking of. But her eyes are just so, they envelop you, you know, like you want to see what she sees and, and, and know what she knows. And, um, they're just such a thing of brilliance that putting glasses on top of those eyes only makes it like putting a magnifying glass up against a diamond. Like you can see it even more clearly and it becomes even more beautiful. With two eyes, she was pretty. With four eyes, she was beautiful. With six eyes, she would have been even more beautiful. And if she had a hundred eyes all over her face and her arms and her feet, why she would have been the most beautiful creature in the world. But poor Dana wasn't covered from head to foot with beautiful eyes. She was covered with mosquito bites. Miss Jules picked up her yardstick and said, Now it's time for arithmetic. Oh no, Miss Jules, said Dana. I can't do arithmetic. I itch all over. I can't concentrate. But we have all types of arithmetic, said Miss Jules. Addition without carrying, addition with carrying, and carrying without addition. I don't care, cried Dana. We have that too, said Miss Jules. Addition without carrying. Now, stop carrying on. Dana whined, I can't, Miss Jules, I itch too much, and I'm too thirsty, said DJ, and I'm too tired, said Ron. I'm too hungry, said Terrence. I'm too stupid, said Todd. Miss Jules hit her desk with her yardstick. Everyone stopped talking. Miss Jules said, we're going to have arithmetic now, and I don't want to hear another thing about it. But Miss Jules, I really do itch. I can't do arithmetic, Dana whined. No, said Miss Jules, arithmetic is the best known cure for an itch. How many mosquito bites do you have? I don't know, said Dana. Over a hundred. First I try scratching one, but then another one starts to itch. So I scratch that one and that one stops, but then another one starts. So I scratch that one and the itch just moves down to another one. Then it all goes back to the first one. The itch just never stays in the same place. I can't scratch them all. What you need is a good, strong dose of arithmetic, said Miss Jules. I'd rather have calamine lotion, said Dana. Remember, Dana, said Miss Jules, mosquito bites itch, not numbers. So what, said Dana. Miss Jules continued, we'll just have to turn your mosquito bites into numbers. I'm a mess, Dana moaned. Miss Jules began to turn the mosquito bites into numbers. How much is three mosquito bites plus three mosquito bites, she asked. Rondi raised her hand. Six mosquito bites, she answered. How much is six mosquito bites minus two mosquito bites, asked Miss Jules. Four mosquito bites, said DJ. 
How much is five mosquito bites times two? Asked Miss Jules. Ten mosquito bites, said BB. Very good, said Miss Jules. I still itch, Dana complained. I have one more question, said Miss Jules. How much is 49 mosquito bites plus 75 mosquito bites? And I'm going to stop y'all right there. Because math. Math is easy, but we make it hard. We make it hard. We make it hard. Especially addition. Addition is stupidly easy. Here's how you do this problem without having to write it down or think about it at all. And because kids, y'all are listening to this, this will benefit you. Your teachers will think you're like a wizard. 49 plus 75. Okay? Take one from the 75 and give it to the 49. Now you got 50 plus 74. 50 plus 74 is 124. You want to take numbers to make them to a rounded number. You know, so if it's 36 plus 54, you take the four from the 54 and you put it on the 36. Now you got 40 plus 50. 40 plus 50 is easy. That's 90. I want to teach, but I don't want to not get paid to do it. So I'm going to become a counselor. Anyways, how much is 49 mosquito bites plus 75 mosquito bites? Nobody raised a hand. Think, class, said Miss Jules. This is for Dana. No one knew the answer. Dana's itch began to get worse and worse. At last, Dana began counting her own mosquito bites. She counted 75 on one side and 49 on the other. Then she added them together for a total of 124 mosquito bites. Told you so. 124 mosquito bites, Dana called. Very good, said Miss Jules. Dana had 124 mosquito bites, and none of them itched anymore. I'm still thirsty, said DJ. Can arithmetic do anything for that? I'm still tired, said Ron. I'm still hungry, said Terrence. I'm still stupid, said Todd. I'm glad we turned my mosquito bites into numbers instead of letters, said Dana. I could never spell mosquito. Which is only funny until you realize there's a lot of words that you can't spell, like me personally. There's words that when I think about them, I just, <sighs> I can't think of them right now because my mind has literally put a block on them. But every time it comes time to spell that word, my mind is just like, here we go again. And it's not like a big 10 letter word either. It could be like a cool little six or a five letter word. And it's just like, Ugh. look, here we go. Chapter 12, Jason. Jason had a small face and a big mouth. He had the second biggest mouth in Miss Jules' class, and there were an awful lot of big mouths in that class. Miss Jules, Jason called without raising his hand. Joy is chewing gum in class. Joy had the biggest mouth in the class, and it was filled with gum. There was hardly even room for her tongue. Joy, I'm ashamed of you, said Miss Jules. I'm afraid I have to put your name up on the board. That's okay, Miss Jules, Jason called. I'll do it. Jason hopped out of his seat and wrote Joy's name on the blackboard under the word discipline. While he was up, Joy took the glob of gum out of her mouth and placed it on Jason's chair. Rondi and Allison giggled. Jason walked back from the blackboard to his desk and sat down. Miss Jules, he called. I'm stuck. Rondi and Allison giggled again. Miss Jules got angry. Joy, you're going home on the kindergarten bus today. Oh, good, said Todd. I'll have some company. Todd still went home on the kindergarten bus every day. 
He could never seem to make it to 12 o'clock without getting in trouble three times. His name wasn't even on the blackboard yet, but he knew that by 12 o'clock it would be up, checked, and circled. Miss Jules, what am I going to do? I'm stuck. I'm going to have to stay here for the rest of my life, said Jason. Joy, tell Jason you're sorry, said Miss Jules. I'm sorry, Jason, said Joy. Oh, that's okay, Joy, said Jason. I don't, I don't mind. Try to get up, Jason, said Miss Jules. Jason tried. I can't, Miss Jules. I'm stuck. Miss Jules asked the three Eric's to help. Eric Fry and Eric Ovens pulled Jason. Eric Bacon held the chair. Stop, cried Jason. You'll rip my pants. Rondi and Allison giggled. All right, said Miss Jules. Let's try ice water. That should freeze the gum and make it less sticky. I'll get some for Miss Mush. Miss Mush was a lunch teacher at Wayside School. She had the remarkable ability to undercook a dish and overcook it at the same time. Her specialty was a nice hot bowl of mud. She called it porridge. Jason looked at Rondi and Allison. No, Miss Jules, he said. Don't leave me. Besides, Miss Mush's ice water is probably warm. Don't be silly, Jason, said Miss Jules. I'm sure it will be at least as cold as her soups. Rondi and Allison leered at Jason. No, Miss Jules, don't go, begged Jason. I'll be right back, Jason, said Miss Jules. She went to Miss Mush for some ice water. As soon as Miss Jules stepped out of the door, Rondi and Allison jumped up from their seats and started to tickle Jason. He laughed until his hair turned purple. The girls got back to their seats just as Miss Jules returned. Miss Jules carried a big bucket of ice cold water. Oh no, please don't, Jason pleaded. We have no choice, said Miss Jules. She threw the water all over him. Well, said Miss Jules, try to get up. Jason was drenched. I'm wet and I'm cold and I'm still stuck. Oh well, it didn't work, said Miss Jules. At least we tried. Now I guess we have to cut your pants off. Rondi and Allison giggled. No, Miss Jules, no, Jason screamed. I don't mind being stuck here. I'm really very comfortable. Don't be silly, Jason, said Miss Jules. Don't cut off my pants, said Jason. The three Eric's can carry you to the bathroom, said Miss Jules. I'll ask Lewis to call your mother. She can bring you a new pair of pants. The three Eric's took hold of Jason's chair and turned him upside down. No, Miss Jules, said Jason. Now I'll always have a place to sit down. I won't have to worry about finding a seat on the bus. The three Eric's began to take him away. Wait, said Joy. Miss Jules, if I can get Jason unstuck, do I still have to go home on the kindergarten bus? All right, said Miss Jules. If you can somehow get Jason free, you don't have to go home early. Don't trust her, Miss Jules, said Jason. He was still hanging upside down. I'll just kiss him, said Joy. No, Jason screamed. Don't let her kiss me, Miss Jules. Throw water on me, tickle me, cut off my pants, hang me upside down from the ceiling, but don't let her kiss me. I'll just kiss him on the nose, said Joy. We got nothing to lose, Jason, said Miss Jules. Ooh, who will want to kiss Jason, said Allison. Jason hung helplessly upside down. Joy stepped up and kissed him on the nose. Jason fell out of the chair and hit his head on the floor. Rondi and Allison giggled. Darn, said Todd. Now I have to go home alone again. Joy erased her name from the blackboard. Chapter 13, Rondi. Rondi had 22 beautiful teeth. Everyone else had 24. Rondi was missing her two front teeth, and those were the most beautiful teeth of all. Your front teeth are so cute, said Miss Jules. They make you look just adorable. But Miss Jules, said Rondi, I don't have any front teeth. I know, said Miss Jules. That's what makes them so cute. Rondi didn't understand. 
Ooh, Rondi, I just love your two front teeth, said Mauricia. I wish I had some like that. But I don't have them, said Rondi. That's why I love them so much, said Mauricia. Oh, this is silly, said Rondi. Everyone thinks the teeth I don't have are cute. I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing a coat. Don't you all just love my coat? And what about my third arm? I don't have one. Isn't it lovely? I love your hat, Rondi, said Joy. I'm not wearing a hat, Rondi screamed. That's what makes it so interesting, said Joy. Don't you think so, Leslie? Oh, yes, said Leslie. It's a very nice hat. Nice boots, too. I'm not wearing boots, Rondi insisted. Yes, said Joy. Very nice boots. They go so well with your hat. What hat? asked Rondi. Yes, Leslie agreed. Rondi showed excellent taste by not wearing the hat or the boots. They go so well together. Rondi had had enough. She covered her head so nobody could see her hat. She put her feet under her desk so nobody could see her boots. Then she closed her mouth so tightly that no one could see her front teeth. Suddenly, everyone who was sitting next to her began to laugh. What's so funny? asked Todd. The joke Rondi didn't tell, said Jason. Ask Rondi not to tell it again, Todd. Rondi, said Todd. Don't tell it again. Rondi was horrified. She didn't know what to do. She kept her mouth shut and just stared at Todd. To her amazement, Todd laughed. Hey, everyone, called Todd. Listen to Rondi's joke. Rondi didn't say a word, but the rest of the class began to laugh. Miss Jules got very angry. She wrote Rondi's name on a blackboard under the word discipline. The classroom is not the place for jokes, she said. But Miss Jules, said Rondi, I didn't tell a joke. Yes, I know, said Miss Jules, but the funniest ones are the ones that remain untold. Okay, okay, said Rondi. If that's what you want, then that's what you get. I'll really tell a joke. That way I won't disturb the class. And tomorrow I'll wear boots and a hat. Of course, you won't like them as much as the ones I didn't wear today. But I better hurry up and tell my joke before you all start to laugh. There was a monkey sitting in a banana tree. He was very hungry. He knew that somewhere in the tree there was a magic banana, and that once he ate that banana, he wouldn't be hungry anymore. He ate one banana. That wasn't it. He was still hungry. He ate another banana. That one wasn't it either. He was still hungry. Finally, after he ate his tenth banana, he wasn't hungry anymore. I knew I'd find it, he said. It's just too bad I didn't eat that one first. I wouldn't have had to waste all those other bananas. Nobody laughed. Nobody even listened to Rondi. Miss Jules was busy teaching arithmetic, and everyone else was paying strict attention. Rondi slapped herself in the face to make sure she was really there. She was. The bell rang for recess. Rondi ran outside. She was very upset. Louis, the yard teacher, saw her. Why the frown, Rondi? he asked. Come on, smile. Let me see your cute front teeth. Rondi screamed. She socked Lewis in the stomach, then bit his arm with her missing teeth. And that kind of bite hurts the most. Chapter 14. Sammy. It was a horrible, stinky, rainy day. Some rainy days are fun and exciting, but not this one. This one stunk. All the children were wet and wore smelly raincoats. The whole room smelled awful. It stinks in here, said Mauricia. Everybody laughed, but she was right. There was one good thing, however. There was a new boy in class. New kids are always fun, except no one could even tell what the new boy looked like. He was completely covered by his raincoat. Class, said Miss Jules, I'd like you all to meet Sammy. Let's show him what a nice class we can be. 
Leslie walked up and smiled at Sammy, but her smile quickly turned into a frown. You smell terrible, she said. Leslie, exclaimed Miss Jules. That's no way to greet a new member of our class. Miss Jules wrote Leslie's name on the blackboard under the word discipline. But he does, Miss Jules, said Leslie. He smells awful. You're ugly, Sammy replied. Now, Sammy, that's no way to talk, said Miss Jules. Leslie's a very pretty girl. She's ugly, said Sammy. Allison spoke up. Well, you smell terrible and you're probably even uglier, but no one can see because you're hiding under that old smelly raincoat. That'll be enough of that, said Miss Jules. Now, Sammy, why don't you take off your coat and hang it in the closet? Let us all see how nice you look. I don't want to, you old windbag, said Sammy. That's because he's so ugly, said Leslie. I'm sure he's quite handsome, said Miss Jules. He's just shy. Here, let me help you. Miss Jules took off Sammy's coat for him, but underneath it was still another raincoat, even dirtier and smellier than the first one. They still couldn't see his face. Ooh, now he smells even worse, said Mauricia. You don't exactly smell like a rose either, Sammy replied. Miss Jules took off his second raincoat, but there was still another one under that, and the smell became so bad that Miss Jules had to run and stick her head out the window to get some fresh air. You're all a bunch of pigs, Sammy screeched. Dirty, rotten pigs. The smell was overpowering. Sammy just stood there, hidden under his raincoats. Miss Jules wrote Sammy's name under the word discipline. Send him home on the kindergarten bus, said Joy. Not with me, said Todd. Miss Jules held her nose, walked up to Sammy, and removed his raincoat. She threw it out the window, but he still had on another one. Sammy hissed. Hey, old windbag, watch me throw my good clothes. Miss Jules put a check next to Sammy's name on the blackboard. Then she took off another raincoat and threw it out the window. The smell got worse, for he still had on another one. Sammy began to laugh. His horrible laugh was even worse than his horrible voice. When Sammy first came into the room, he was four foot tall. But after Miss Jules removed six of his raincoats, he was only three feet tall. And there were still more raincoats to go. Miss Jules circled his name and removed another coat. She threw it out the window. Then she put a triangle around the circle and threw another one of his coats outside. She kept doing this until Sammy was only one and a half feet high. With every coat she took off, Sammy's laugh got louder and the smell got worse. Some of the children held their ears. Others could only hold one ear because they were holding their nose with the other hand. It was hard to say which was worse, the laugh or the smell. Sammy stopped laughing and said, Hey, old windbag, if you take off one more of my coats and throw it out the window, I'll bite your head off. They smell too bad for me to allow them in my classroom, said Miss Jules. You can pick them up when you leave. They smell better than you do, pig head, Sammy shouted. Miss Jules didn't stop. She took off another one of his coats, then another, and another. Sammy was only four inches tall, three inches tall, two inches tall. At last, she removed the final coat. All that was there was a dead rat. Well, I don't allow dead rats in my classroom, said Miss Jules. She picked it up by the tail, put it in a plastic bag, and threw it away. Miss Jules didn't allow dead rats in her class. Todd once brought in a dead rat for show and tell. And Miss Jules might have thrown that one away, too. I'm glad Sammy isn't allowed in our classroom, said Rondi. I didn't like him very much. Yes, said Miss Jules. We caught another one. Dead rats were always trying to sneak into Miss Jules' class. That was the third one she had caught since September. Chapter 15, Dee Dee. This story contained a problem and a solution. 
Didi was a mousy looking kid. Unlike most children at Wayside School, she liked recess better than spelling. As soon as the recess bell rang, she would jump up from her seat and run out the door. There were big signs on Wayside School on every floor. No jumping down the stairs. Didi never seemed to notice the signs. She jumped down the stairs. Some children took the stairs two at a time. Didi took them ten at a time. That was on the way down. It was funny. She never seemed to be in quite the same hurry on the way back up. There was another sign of Wayside School. No cutting across the grass. Didi must not ever have seen that one either. She cut across the grass and ran up to Lewis, the yard teacher. I want a green ball, Didi said. The green balls were the best. On my lot of green balls, said Lewis. Okay, I want a red ball, said Didi. The red balls were just about as good as the green balls. They didn't bounce as high, but actually, sometimes you didn't want a ball to bounce too high. On my lot of red balls, too, said Lewis. Do you have anything left? asked Didi. Didi meant anything beside the yellow ball. There was one yellow ball at Wayside School, and Lewis was always trying to get rid of it. It didn't bounce, and it never went the way it was kicked. Anything at all? asked Didi. Today is your lucky day, said Lewis. I have one ball left just for you, the one and only yellow ball. No thanks, said Didi. Oh, come on, take it, said Lewis. Won't you ever have any red or green balls? asked Didi. I do, said Lewis, but the other children asked first. By the time you get out here, they're all gone. But that's because I have to come all the way from the 30th story. How do you expect me to compete with the kids from the first or the second? She asked. That's why I saved you the yellow ball, said Lewis. Everybody wanted it, but I saved it just for you. I bet, said Dee Dee. She took the yellow ball and bounced it on the ground. It stopped dead with a thud. She stepped back, ran up, and kicked it. It went backwards over her head. She didn't bother chasing it. Instead, she played hopscotch with Jenny and Leslie. She thought it was disgusting. The next day, Dee Dee asked Miss Jules if she could go to recess early. Why? asked Miss Jules. So I can get a green ball before Lewis gives them all away, said Dee Dee. I'm glad you have a good reason, said Miss Jules. Yes, you may go. But first, spell Mississippi for me. Spelling wasn't Dee Dee's best subject. By the time she finally got it right, she was five minutes late for recess. She jumped down the stairs, cut across the grass, and ran up to Lewis. There were no green balls left. There were no red balls left either. However, there was still the yellow ball. Didi played jump rope with Joy and Mauricia. It was no better than hopscotch. So Didi's problem was to figure out a way to get a green ball. Or at least a red ball. You already know that this story contains a solution. Didi figured it out. See if you can too. Remember everything you know about Didi, Wayside School, and Miss Jules. Hint. The next day... Dee Dee brought a cream cheese and jelly sandwich, some nuts, and shredded cheese in her lunchbox. Here's what happened. Just before recess, Dee Dee smeared the cream cheese and jelly all over her face. Then she stuffed her cheeks with nuts and hung the shredded cheese from her nose. When she closed her eyes, she looked just like a dead rat. Todd was in on the plan. Miss Jules, he called. There's a dead rat in the classroom. Miss Jules was very put out. I want that dead rat outside immediately. When Miss Jewel said immediately, she meant it. Dee Dee instantly found herself outside on the playground. I want a green ball, she said. Lewis pretended that he hadn't heard her. 
May I please have a green ball? asked Dee Dee. Lewis gave her a green ball. I don't know how you did it, Dee Dee, but you're first today, he said. When Miss Jules found out that Dee Dee and Todd had tricked her, she sent Todd home early on the kindergarten bus. Dee Dee threw a green ball on the ground. It bounced 50 feet straight up in the air, and then she caught it. You don't like me, do you? she asked Lewis. Sure I do, said Lewis. No, you don't, said Dee Dee. Yes, I like you, said Lewis. No, you don't, Dee Dee insisted. Yes, I like you. I really do, said Lewis. Are you sure? asked Dee Dee. Yes, said Lewis. Don't you believe me? I guess so, said Dee Dee. Do you like me? asked Lewis. You bet, said Dee Dee. You're my best friend. Terrific, said Lewis. I always wanted to be friends with a dead rat. Chapter 16 DJ DJ skipped up the 30 flights of stairs in Miss Jewel's room. He was grinning from ear to ear, from nose to chin, from here to there, and back again. Hey, DJ, Todd shouted. Glad to see you. Todd was a pushover for smiling faces. Miss Jules heard him. She began to write Todd's name on the board under discipline, but when she saw DJ smile, she put down the chalk. Good morning, DJ, she said. What are you so happy about? DJ grinned and shrugged his shoulders. Miss Jules smiled. Damien looked at the smile on Miss Jules' face, then at Todd's, and then finally at DJ's. Then Damien smiled too. His smile was almost as big as DJ's. They were best friends. Once they saw the two of them smiling, the rest of the class couldn't help but smile. Rondi had a very cute one due to her two missing front teeth. No one had an ugly smile. Jason came to school late. He was very upset, but the first thing he saw was Damien's smile, and he felt a little bit better. Then he saw Rondi's toothless grin, and he began to smile a little bit himself. But when he saw the piano on DJ's face, he fell laughing onto the floor. Everybody started to laugh, even Kathy, and she hardly ever laughed except when someone hurt himself. The whole room seemed to be laughing, not just the people in it. The blackboard chuckled, the ceiling snickered, the desks were jumping up and down, and the chairs were slapping each other on the back. The floor was very ticklish. It laughed until the walls turned purple. The waste paper basket started to sing, and all the pencils stood up and danced. Finally, things began to settle down. Miss Jules wiped her eyes and said, DJ, won't you tell the class why you're so happy? At least let us know what we're laughing about. But DJ just kept on smiling. Oh, come on, DJ, said Dee Dee. Tell us. DJ didn't say a word. He couldn't. His mouth was stretched out of shape. Let us guess, said Ron. If we guess right, will you tell us? DJ nodded his head. His smile began to hurt his ears. Everyone took one guess. Have you been swimming? Is it your birthday? Are you in love? Did you get a green ball? Nobody guessed right. At recess, DJ was still smiling. Lewis, the yard teacher, called, Hey, DJ, come here. They walked to the far corner of the playground where they were alone. What's up, DJ? Lewis asked. DJ just smiled. Come on, DJ, you could tell me. Why are you so happy? DJ looked up at him. He said, You need a reason to be sad. You don't need a reason to be happy. Chapter 17, John. John had light brown hair and a round head. He was Joe's best friend. John was one of the smartest boys in Miss Jewel's class, but he had one problem. He could only read words written upside down. Nobody ever wrote anything upside down. But it was only a little problem. 
John was still in the high reading group. He just turned his book upside down. It was easier for John to turn his book upside down than to read correctly. But the easier way isn't always the best way. Miss Jules said, John, you can't go on reading like this. You can't spend the rest of your life turning your books upside down. Why not? asked John. Because I said so, said Miss Jules. Besides, what happens when I write something on the blackboard? You can't turn the blackboard upside down. No, I guess you're right, said John. I know I'm right, said Miss Jules. You're going to have to learn how to stand on your head. John couldn't stand on his head. He had given up trying. You would have too if you had fallen over as many times as he had. Joe was John's best friend. He could stand on John's head. Every time John fell over, Joe stood on his head. After all, what are best friends for? My head is too round, Miss Jules. I can't stand on it, said John. Of course you can, John, said Miss Jules. If Joe can stand on your head, so can you. It's easy, John, said Joe. I can't, John repeated. I always fall over. Nonsense, said Miss Jules. All you have to do is find your center of balance. Now, up you go. John put his round head on the floor and swung his legs up. He fell right over. Then Joe stood on John's head. See, John, it's easy. Nothing to it, Joe said. We'll help you, John, said Miss Jules. Joe, get off John's head and give me the pillow from under my desk. Nancy, Calvin, come here and give us a hand. Miss Jules took the pillow from Joe and set it on the floor. All right, John, we'll surround you, she said. We won't let you fall. John put his head on the pillow and swung his legs up. He started to fall one way, but Nancy pushed him back up. Then he started to fall another way, but Calvin straightened him out. John kept falling a little bit this way and that way until at last he found a center of balance. Hey, look at me, look at me, said John. I'm up, I'm really up, I'm standing on my head. I found my center of balance. It's beautiful. I can read the blackboard. Hey, Calvin, bring me a book and you won't have to turn it upside down. Ha <laughs> ha, hey, who, ah! Bam! While Calvin went to get the book, John fell flat on his face. You better stay off my head, Joe, he warned. Are you all right, John? asked Miss Jules. Yes, I think so. I feel a little funny. Hey, I can still read the blackboard and I'm not upside down. I can read right side up now. When I fell, I, I must have flipped my brain or something. That's wonderful, John, said Miss Jules. Here, put the pillow back under my desk. As a reward, you may have a Tootsie Roll pop. They're on the coffee can on top of the desk. John placed the pillow on top of her desk. Then he looked under the desk, but he couldn't find the Tootsie Roll pops anywhere. Chapter 18 Leslie. Leslie had five fingers on each hand and five toes on each foot. For each hand, she had an arm, and for each foot, she had a leg. She was a very lucky girl. And she had two lovely, long brown pigtails that reached all the way down to her waist. When Miss Jules asked a question, Leslie could raise one of her hands. When Leslie was adding, she could count on her fingers. When Paul pulled one of her pigtails, she could kick him with one foot while standing on the other. But Leslie had one problem. She didn't know what to do with her toes. She had ten adorable little toes and nothing to do with them. As far as she could tell, they served no useful purpose. Suck your toes, that's what I do, said Sherry. But Leslie's foot wouldn't reach her mouth. Well, that's all toes are good for, said Sherry. She put her foot in her mouth and went to sleep. No, thought Leslie. They must be good for something. They just have to be. During recess, she asked Dana, Dana, what do you do with your toes? I scratch the back of my leg, said Dana. First, I scratch my left leg with my right foot. Then I scratch my right leg with my left foot. But my legs don't itch, said Leslie. 
That's good, said Dana. In that case, you could scratch my legs. With your help, I could scratch both legs at the same time. No, never mind, said Leslie. She walked up behind Lewis, the yard teacher, and hopped on his shoulders. Lewis, said Leslie, I don't know what to do with my toes. Lewis tugged her foot. Yes, that is a serious problem, he said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take them off your hands for you, or rather, your feet. Just cut them off and give them to me. What? asked Leslie. You don't want them, so I'll take them, said Lewis. You won't have to worry about them ever again. No, said Leslie. I'll give them to Miss Mush, said Lewis. She can make little hot dogs out of them. No, I'm not going to give my toes away, said Leslie. All right, said Lewis. I'll give you a nickel apiece for them. No, you can't have them, said Leslie. Why not, Lewis asked. They're no good to you anyhow. And think of all you can buy for 50 cents. <laughs> the bell rang. I'll think it over, said Leslie. She ran back to class. Miss Jules, said Leslie, I don't see any reason for keeping my toes. Oh, Leslie, I'm sure there's lots of good reasons, said Miss Jules. Well, I can't think of any. My legs don't itch, and I can't get my foot in my mouth. Lewis offered me a nickel apiece for them, and it seems like a good deal to me. But I want to check with you first. I think Lewis is pulling your legs, said Miss Jules. No, said Leslie. He was pulling my toes. What would he want with your toes, asked Miss Jules. I don't know, said Leslie, but if he's willing to give me five cents apiece for him, then I'm going to take him up on it. That's 50 cents. At lunch, Leslie walked up to Lewis. Okay, Lewis, she said. You can have my toes for a nickel apiece. That'll be 50 cents. Not so fast, said Lewis. Let me look at him first. Leslie took off her shoes. Yes, yes, said Lewis. The big ones are good, and the ones next to him, they're good too. But the most I'll give you for the rest of your toes is three cents each. Leslie was furious. Three cents each? You told me five at recess. I'll give you five cents for the big ones. But look at that scrawny little runt of a toe on the end there. You're lucky to even be getting three cents for it. I think you're getting a darn good deal. I happen to like that toe, said Leslie. Fine then, said Lewis. Keep it. I'll just take the two big toes and we'll call it square. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a dime. Nothing doing, said Leslie. These toes are sold at a set. It's either all ten for fifty cent or no deal. What am I going to do with just eight toes? Then forget it, said Lewis. I'm not going to give you a nickel for those scrawny little end toes. Fine, said Leslie. No deal. My toes will still be here if you change your mind. She turned and walked towards the hopscotch area. Wait a second, Lewis called. I'll give you a dollar each for your pigtails. Leslie turned around and looked at him with fiery eyes. Cut my hair, she exclaimed. Are you crazy? Chapter 19 Miss Zarves There is no Miss Zarves. There is no 19th story. Sorry. Chapter 20. Kathy. Kathy doesn't like you. She doesn't know you, but she still doesn't like you. She thinks you're stupid. In fact, she thinks you're the stupidest person she doesn't know. What do you think of that? She also thinks you're ugly. As a matter of fact, she thinks you're the ugliest person she doesn't know. And she doesn't know a lot of people. She doesn't like the people she knows either. She hates everybody in Miss Jewel's class. She did like one member of the class. She liked Sammy. She thought he was funny. 
But Kathy has good reasons for not liking any of the children she knows. She doesn't like DJ because he smiles too much. And she doesn't like John because he can't stand on his head. Kathy once had a cat named Skunks. She liked skunks, but she was afraid the skunks would run away. You have nothing to worry about, Kathy, said Miss Jules. Skunks won't run away. Just be nice to him and feed him and pet him and he won't run away. He may go out to play, but he'll always come back. No, you're wrong, Miss Jules, said Kathy. What do you know? He'll run away. So Kathy kept skunks locked up in her closet at home. She never let him out and sometimes even forgot to feed him. One day, while Kathy was looking for her other shoe, skunks ran out the closet and never came back. You said he would come back, Miss Jules, said Kathy. He never came back. You were wrong. I was right. That's why Kathy didn't like Miss Jules. The next time I get a cat, I'll kill him. Then I'll never run away, said Kathy. Then there was a time that Damien tried to teach Kathy how to play catch. Damien said, when I throw you the ball, Kathy, try to catch it. I can't catch it, said Kathy. I'll just get hurt. You won't get hurt, Damien insisted. Just watch the ball. He tossed it to her. But Kathy knew she'd get hurt. So she closed her eyes. The ball hit her on her cheek. It hurt. Kathy began to cry. You were wrong, she sobbed. I was right. That's why Kathy didn't like Damien. Allison believed that if you're nice to someone, they'll be nice to you. So one day she brought Kathy a cookie. I don't want your ugly cookie, said Kathy. It probably tastes terrible. Allison said, no, it's, it's very good. I made it myself. Kathy said, if you made it, it must stink. You can't cook. You're too stupid. She just put the cookie in her desk along with her pencils, crayons, and books. Three weeks later, Kathy was hungry. All right, Allison, she said. I'll try your stupid cookie. She took it out of her desk. It was covered with dust. She bit it. It was hard and tasted terrible. See, said Kathy, I was right. That's why Kathy didn't like Allison. Yes, Kathy had very good reasons for not liking anybody she knew. But she also has a good reason for not liking you. And she doesn't even know you. Her reason is this. She knows that if you ever met her, you wouldn't like her. You don't like Kathy, do you? See, she was right. It's funny how a person could be right all the time and still be wrong. 916-633-1537 Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com Ratchet Book Club on Twitter Ratchet Book Club on Facebook You can leave a review on Spotify It takes like 13 seconds You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app You can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash Single Simulcast One dollar will get you a ton of content uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com 
for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.